Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Talking Llama podcast. My guest this week is Justin Wynn, and he's the host of the Declassified College podcast and really awesome conversation about he is building his platform, his brand, and his company, and a lot of really cool insights about how to grow your podcast. A big one that I didn't know about and thought was fascinating was leveraging Twitter, and Justin will go over some ways to do that to, to get some famous people to engage and talk about your podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Justin Wynn. Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Talking Llama Podcast. I have Justin Wynn with me, who is the founder of the Get Your Grind Up Company and the host of the Declassified College Podcast, where he talks about tips and tricks to help students navigate college. Justin, how are you doing this morning, man? Thank you for having me, man. It's a, it's a great morning to be alive. I'm surviving out here, but can't complain. Yeah. And where are you again? Remind the listeners where you currently are. Yeah, so I'm out of Orlando, Florida right now. Man, it's like beach season, and have have a lot of the beaches opened up yet down there? Yeah, the beaches have started to open up, but the weird thing is they haven't opened up the parking. Um, so the state's not really getting paid to open up the beaches, which is just, I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> that is bizarre. So I guess if you don't live within walking distance from the beach, you really can't go to the beach. Yeah, I mean, I went to one a couple weeks ago, and what we did is we just parked at like an apartment complex's guest parking. Um, didn't get towed, but that's what a lot of people are doing right now. Like they're just parking at grocery stores or whatever that are across the street, and just because there's so many cars, they can't really tow fifty thousand cars. <laughs> that yeah, if there's a will to go to the beach, there's a way to go to the beach. So man, I wish uh, it just finally started getting warm up here in Tennessee. So hope uh, look forward to the restrictions being lifted when our government deems it safe and getting outside again. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, as long as we're staying away for like staying like that six feet apart, I think everything is should be able to run smoothly. But it's all about if, if people are willing to follow those rules. Yeah, that's half the battle. So, uh, Justin, tell us about the Get Your Grind Up company and your podcast. And, you know, why did you start those and, and just kind of tell us the history about it? Yeah, of course. So long story short, with Get Your Grind Up, the main reason for that is it started off as a joke. Um, I grew up with very traditionally Asian parents and they were like, if you go to school, you get the good grades, um, you're going to do well and you're going to get the job. And what I realized was my sophomore year of college, I had a near 4.0 GPA and I joined the student clubs and did everything that I was supposed to do and what everyone told me to do. But when I started to apply to internships, I applied to like 50 or more and I couldn't even get a call back. Um, so I was just flat out rejected. And then fast forward to my junior, my senior year, I graduated with a, uh, with five internships, three at fortune 500 companies. And my friends would always joke around with me saying, Oh, you're just, you're just getting good grades cause you're Asian or you're just getting these internships cause you're Asian. And I'm like, no, like I'm working hard to do this. So on my Snapchat, my Instagram story, I would joke around and say like, Hey, it's like 12 o'clock PM or 12 o'clock AM. Um, just got home from work and now I'm studying for my test tomorrow. And I would say, get your grind up at the end of it, sort of like as a motivational catchphrase. And it started to gain momentum. My girlfriend and my best friend from back home um, were like, let's let's turn this into something serious. And then so we did. We started the, the Get Your Grind Up podcast first. 
And that just recently ended with like 140 or so episodes. And that was geared towards more like the non-traditional path to success. Whereas with Declassified College, we recently just started that up in like the end of January, February of this past year. And it's already ranked as an iTunes top 100 podcast, which is, and we think the reason is because we, we've shortened the episodes to five to 10 minutes rather than 30 to 60 minutes. And with college uh, attention spans, it's helped out a lot on, on the viewership side. That is awesome. And one of the questions I usually ask is, have you kind of experimented in your podcasting career with episode length? And have you seen success one way or the other? And it sounds like kind of the the gut feeling that I have and from what I've seen with my podcast is the shorter episodes tend to do better. Yeah, they they tend to they tend to do better. Um, and I think it really depends on your audience, right? Uh, with everything going on right now, I don't think many people are listening to like hour, two hour, three hour long podcasts just because they don't necessarily have that commute anymore. And specifically for my audience, which was college students, they don't usually have commutes, right? Most of the times they're just walking across campus. Usually that might take 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes. So if you have a 30 or 45 minute long podcast, you're going to get very bored of it very quickly. Whereas if you're trying to speak to maybe a, prof a more older and professional audience, who if you're trying to speak from like, let's just say LA or, or San Francisco and their commute to work is like an hour, two hours long, then you can probably get away with a much longer podcast. Yeah, those are all good points, Justin. And I'm, I'm fascinated because at going through college and kind of from us talking a couple months ago, you know, there's very mixed feelings about is college worth it, that whole conversation. Have you gotten any feedback from your listeners regarding the content you're putting out? And if so, kind of what has the feedback been? Yeah, so not necessarily from the podcast content, because I mean, I'm sure you're aware, like it's so hard to interact with podcast um, listeners because it's not like a YouTube video where you have comments or Instagram posts where you have comments. But with my LinkedIn content, um, when it comes to college, it seems to be kind of mix and match. Uh, for instance, my brother, he he was planning to take like five courses over the summer, I believe. But because they've moved it since online, he's dropped four out of the five. And I think he's only taking one now. Um, and that seems to be a very general consensus of a lot of people is they don't really like the online template. And also from like the professor's perspective, I've even heard stories about professors just saying, no, I'm not going to teach on Zoom. You're just going to have to do the work. So then that's where the value comes of like, from the student perspective of why am I paying for all, all this money for courses if I'm just literally... Um, doing some homework assignments online. Yeah, I mean, you can do that for a much cheaper option like University of Phoenix, where you just, that's what you do. You log on, do some stuff, it gets turned in. Yeah, so it's a great point. Yeah, because I mean, what's the difference then of that and YouTube? You can even argue that YouTube would give you more value because at least you can see someone lecturing it, right? So that's where the, the huge disconnect comes, especially with my generation, because we're very like Google adapt and very YouTube adapt. We know what to look up, how to look it up. So a lot of students are starting to realize like, well, what's the point if the person that I'm paying to teach me isn't even teaching me? Yeah, that, that is a very great point. And often, oftentimes professors have been around a while and they're a little set in their ways or how they kind of grew up in the school of academia, the information they learn and therefore teach might be a little outdated. And like you said, you can argue YouTube, millions, billions of videos on there and the content's a lot fresher a lot more up-to-date, a lot more recent. So yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, Justin. Yeah, 100%. I think the crazy stat with YouTube is like every single minute, 300 hours 
of video is uploaded to YouTube or something crazy like that. Um, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, definitely. YouTube, I mean, I, I've learned how to do, shoot, basically all of the house care handyman stuff that I know, <laughs> it, like from YouTube. I mean, I may have got shocked my myself a couple of times trying to do electrical work, but hey, you know, YouTube prevented me from killing myself, perhaps. So thank you, YouTube. <laughs> So wanted to wanted to ask you. So you had the Get Your Grind Up podcast, and then you you pivoted and shifted into the Declassified College podcast. So you touched on it a little bit earlier. What made you go from one to the other? And you know, kind of, I've done the same thing: transferred from one podcast into kind of another, and just kind of walk the listeners through that if you could. Yeah. Um, so in- initially, what we wanted to do with Get Your Grind Up is we wanted to help both the non-traditional students. So think of like the entrepreneur, the esports gamer, the influencer, the person that doesn't necessarily have to go to school. And we also wanted to help the traditional student who's looking to climb that corporate ladder. Um, we had very big heads as 19 and 20 year olds do. And we thought that we could take over the world essentially. And what we realized it was it was a lot of content. And for us to be producing that amount of content, it wasn't really sustainable. So that's what our initial goal was with the Get Your Grinder podcast. And we switched over to the Declassified College podcast because we wanted to narrow down more on the niche of traditional students. Um, because there's a lot of noise in the entrepreneur space right now, and especially the esports space as well. And there's a lot of competition there. Whereas with higher education as a whole, most people are saying, don't go to college, don't go to college, don't go to college. We're saying, if you're going to go to college, listen to this podcast because we're going to give you the cheat codes to success. And essentially with my generation, we grew up playing a lot of video games. It's It's been a huge hit with students. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And listeners out there, if you have a podcast or are thinking of starting a podcast, I mean, it's okay to come into the podcast game with a broad, more general topic and then niche down like Justin and I have done as you kind of find your your groove and you start getting feedback and interacting with your listeners. Yeah, we, like I said, we thought that we could take over the world, but I think it's always best to start small and then start to branch out from there. I mean, look at Amazon, right? They started off with books. Now they control the world, essentially. Um, Take that same approach with your podcast and you never know where you're going to end up in five, 10 years. Nicely said, Justin. I couldn't agree more with you. So I wanted to ask some more technical podcast kind of stuff. I'm an audio snob and love talking, you know, podcast tech. (laughs) Of course. So uh, I saw it when you submitted the made the appointment to be on the show, but who do you use to host and you know how do you feel about them? I believe it was Anchor, is that right? Yeah, so we use Anchor as a host because we're not really looking to monetize fully off of it. Um, so we're trying to find the best A for budget, but also for B, like usability. And I think Anchor makes it extremely easy to push out your your content to, I think I'm, we're on like eight or nine platforms and I literally just hit a button for that. Um, they're, the only drawback I would say with Anchor is there's two. Their analytics aren't amazing. Um, they are good because they're now conjoined with Spotify's, but they're not great. And then the second thing is that with Anchor, with most platforms, you get to choose three different categories that you can put your podcast on. With Anchor, you're only allowed to choose one. So it can cut down on discovery and discovery is already hard with podcasts. So that is the other um, caveat to using Anchor. Okay. Now, good points for Anchor. I've interviewed a a whole bunch of people who use Anchor and kind of along the same lines, it's very user-friendly, free, easy to use. But yeah, like you said, the analytics are kind of hit or miss depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. I I met their CEO at an event last year. 
I believe. Yeah, I, I think it was at South by Southwest. And he's he's a great guy. Um, love talking to him. And what he said is Anchor is really for the the hobbyist and it's a great launching platform. So what I would always say is Anchor is the number one place to kind of test your idea. And that's exactly what we're doing, what we did with the Declassified College podcast. I'm all about mitigating risk as much as possible. And then maybe in, let's say, six or eight months or so, when the podcast really begins to pop and pop and pop, um, I'll probably look to, to shift to a different hosting platform that can help me out with the discovery side of things and give me more in-depth analytics. But I think anyone who's looking to, to test out the creative side of how do I even produce a podcast? How do I even get this uploaded to places, et cetera, et cetera? Anchor's a great starting spot. Awesome. Yeah, Anchor is, and it's free, which is a lot of people exactly. who don't know if they can commit you know, to a podcast, but they're interested. Yeah, definitely check out Anchor. It's how I started many, many months ago, just kind of toying around with it. So yeah, awesome points. For, for going into some of your gear, Justin, what kind of microphone do you guys use and you know kind of what what do you use to edit your podcast if you do your own editing yeah so right now i'm using the atr 2100 so that was about like 80 dollars or so so not a huge investment but a good enough one to make sure that you're committed to it um i've got one of the boom arms um which is about 20 dollars or so which wasn't bad just to have it so that i'm not holding a mic or i don't have to like lean down when i'm talking onto a mic and then i've also got the pop filter which was like another 15 dollars so that whole setup right there is like $120, $125 after taxes. And that's not a huge investment if you're looking to just start something as a hobby. In terms of editing, I use uh, GarageBand. So for any Mac user, um, that's free. And it, it does the job as as well as you would need to. I'm not an audio engineer. I don't know how to use all of the, the toggles or anything like that. So I don't necessarily need to mess around with that. So that's why GarageBand is great for for just things that I do. Yeah, I started with GarageBand and I'm a Mac user and have Logic Pro X, which is I just call GarageBand on steroids. So mm -hmm. super easy to use. And if you're a Mac user, you already have a quality, pretty professional software editing capability with GarageBand. So yeah, GarageBand is freaking awesome. Yeah, like as long as I could add an intro, edit out the pieces that I needed to, and then um, like splice in other content in between, as well as like adding music. Um, that then I was happy with it. So and that's exactly what GarageBand does. And people think that when they listen to my podcast, I've heard people say, oh my God, are you like in a studio? Like, what are you using to edit? And when I tell them like my setup was like $125 and then I use GarageBand, which is free, they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it, it doesn't take that much of, uh, of an investment to start a good quality sounding podcast. It's just if you're willing to take the time to learn how to make it um, a little bit better than the rest. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, our technology has evolved so much. You just need, like you said, a decent microphone and a computer and you can kind of make yourself sound professional. It's it's crazy. We've come a long way over the last several decades in sound technology. So you mentioned music before putting music into GarageBand when you're editing. Is it royalty-free music? If so, kind of where did you look around to get it and kind of just tell the listeners about that? Yeah, definitely use royalty-free music. What I do is I go on to the no copyright sounds um, 
page on YouTube. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but a lot of the bloggers, whether it's Casey Neistat or even the smaller ones, they have a hard time um, finding out like what music to put in their background because if they put a Drake song or if they put the weekend song in their background, they're going to get copyrighted. So they'll go, there are these sites on their Spotify playlist, but also on YouTube that are called like no copyright sounds or no copyright music. And all of that music is no copyright. So no one could ever copyright claim you or anything like that. So that's the music that I um, always go to when it comes to whether it's YouTube videos, LinkedIn videos, or podcasts as well. I've actually never heard of that. And yeah, I, I've been looking around. Um, I found one, it's called Melody Loops. You have to pay for, I think like 30 bucks, you get three royalty-free songs, but I haven't checked out that YouTube uh, capability yet. Yeah, YouTube, man. It just literally look up on their search, like no copyright, no copyright sound, I believe it is. And it'll take you to a page. It's got like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of subscribers, because almost every um, blogger or vlogger uses that music on their stuff. And you just have to find like a YouTube video downloader. You download it, strip the audio, and you can put it onto your stuff and no one would ever uh, copyright you. No, that's an awesome point. Uh, had no idea. Listeners, check that out. I know I'm going to check that out after Justin and I get off the call here. Uh, awesome resource. So going into, you said you weren't looking to monetize really right now, but have you considered getting any sponsors or trying to get any sponsors for your show? So with Anchor, they give you sponsorships. So sponsorships kind of come with you uh, or to you. So we have, we're like, we're running an Anchor sponsorship on our um, podcast just to to generate a little bit of revenue. Um, but we haven't actively gone out to to find sponsors. We're, it's actually funny because uh, I've created a LinkedIn course and we're actually reaching out now to um, like career development, podcasting such to create like an affiliate program. So I'm on the opposite side. Haven't heard back much, but we just started that program maybe like five or six days ago. Okay. All right. And haven't heard back much now. I'll be excited to hear how that works out for you guys. Yeah. Trying to figure out like what, um, how much people are usually in terms of like percentage, what they're looking for. If you have any knowledge, I'd love to, to love to hear like what you understand as a good rate for podcasters or anything like that. When it comes to finding guests for your show, Justin, do you have like a dream list of guests? Um, how, how do you find guests? Do they reach out to you? You reach out to them. What does that process look like for you guys? Yeah. So for the Get Show Grind Up podcast, we were very guest heavy. Um, practically every episode, it was an interview with a guest. And what we did for that one is my girlfriend, Michelle, she was in charge of getting the guest on. She got the nickname DM Goddess because she is a wizard when it comes to sending DMs and getting responses from high profile people. Like she actively has conversations with Gary Vee um, through DM just because she DM'd him one day and he responded and she's just been talking back and forth with him ever since. Um, wow. but it really, for, for that, we use DMS almost every single guest that was on that, whether they had over a million followers or whether they had two followers came through, um, Instagram DMS for our new podcast, which is more five to 10 minute episodes. I've spliced in a few like students, um, tips into some of these episodes as well. A lot of those connections have gone through LinkedIn DMs, um, which then lead to email. So I would say the most underrated place is figure out where your like target person is, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever it may be, and then constantly like try to message them, especially on Twitter. Twitter's a really unique place. I haven't utilized it, but I know many people who have. Of if you have someone high profiled and you want to get them 
onto your podcast or you want to even just talk with them whenever they tweet like set uh twitter alerts for whenever they tweet and then whenever they do tweet something try to either make them laugh um in a reply or add something very meaningful to their comment and like ask a question because either they will respond as in the the person who tweeted it out or usually the person that you're looking to get in touch with they hang out with similar people and if you leave a meaningful comment then you never know someone that's a part of their network might comment back on you and then you've built a relationship and you can kind of work that way so i know that was a little bit confusing but basically just try to find the path of least resistance to meeting someone and that tends to be to through social media and then ultimately move it to to email so that's fascinating you said twitter and that which is probably the social media platform i am using the least right now so yeah, Definitely same. need to step up my Twitter game. Yeah, okay. I kind of thought Twitter died out as Instagram, you know, came to the forefront and then LinkedIn is really picking up steam, come to the forefront also. Yeah, so here, like this is why Twitter is good for building relationships. It's a terrible social media platform if you're thinking about like Instagram, um, Facebook, or even LinkedIn now. But from a conversational point, the reason that it's great is let's say you're Mark Cuban right? And you've just asked a question about Shark Tank or something like that. I can directly message you through that tweet and you will either get a notification or your network can then see it. And if you comment back, then my tweet is automatically at the top and people will constantly see my name and your network will constantly see my name. Whereas with Instagram, if you leave a comment, your comment can just get lost. Unless you're like the top one or two comment, your comment is just going to get lost even if the creator comments back to your comment. So that's why um, Twitter is really unique because of how their algorithm works for conversations. Fascinating. And I, man, I didn't even know you could set up like tweet alerts when specific people tweet and you get notified. Yeah, you got to hit that little bell on their uh, profile. And I, I feel so old, man. I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> Man. And I'm a millennial too. That's embarrassing. And social media game is lacking. It's okay, man. Trust me. What The more and more I talk to people, whether they're they're young or older, surprisingly young people, um, they know nothing about social media. So you're definitely not alone. <laughs> Even Good. I'm still learning. That makes me feel better, Justin. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as we're wrapping up here, we hit all the questions. I wanted to ask you some awesome stuff. Where can people... Find out more about what you're doing. Where can they find your online presence? I'd love to send them your way. Yeah. So if you want to learn about like the Declassified College podcast, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for like you have a kid that's in high school or college, I would say that's those people will probably get the most out of the podcast. Then feel free to look up Declassified College on any podcasting platform. And if I produce my most content on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's just linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash j-u-s-t-i-n-g-c-g-u um, so connect with me on there let me know that this podcast sent you and i'd be more than happy to connect and answer any questions if you have um, any about like podcasting or anything awesome justin well it has been a pleasure to have you on the show man and hope to wish you the best of luck and hope to be in touch with you as uh, you travel down this journey yeah pleasure pleasure being on as well it was great Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Llama podcast. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama media, please head to our website at talkinglama.com.
If you find value in this show, please subscribe so that you stay up to date with all new episodes. And if this content really speaks to you, share it with a friend or consider leaving a review. Doing this not only spreads the Talking Llama message, but who knows, could possibly help someone take their first step in starting their own podcast. If you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, I would be extremely grateful if you joined the Talking Llama Herd and became a patron. We have three levels of Patreon tiers, all of which give you access to unique, additional Talking Llama content. Thank you so much for your support. Stay confident, stay creative, and most importantly, speak your legacy. See you next time.